and welcome to another podcast from the Tobacco Control Journal. My name is Becky Freeman and I'm an assistant editor with the journal on new media. And today I have the privilege of talking with Kari Ida, who has written a paper called The Industry Must Be Inconspicuous, Japan Tobacco's Corruption of Health Science and Policy via the Smoking Research Foundation. And uh, it's a really interesting piece of work that included examining tobacco industry documents and looking at how um, industry tried to corrupt science and sort of um, mislead consumers and the general public about what their research activities were like in Japan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So before we really sort of delve into your findings, just tell us, what's this paper about? Why did you write it? This paper is about a research funding institution in Japan called Smoking Research Foundation. And this was established by Japan Tobacco in 1986. We looked at how this foundation was established and the extent to which it has influenced science and health policy in Japan. Before getting into the details, um, there's some basic background that needs to be shared. At first, um, the cigarette remains the leading preventable cause of death in Japan, as in the rest of the world. It kills about 6 million or more people every year. And second, a tobacco control policy in Japan is still very weak. A JT still maintains the view that there is no scientific consensus that secondhand smoke causes cancer. In a recent lawsuit related to passive smoking, the Tokyo High Court endorsed this industry's view. And it's now estimated that the number of deaths caused by secondhand smoke is 15,000 per year in Japan. And now going back to the Smoking Research Foundation, um, one of the reasons we decided to pay attention to this foundation was its role in tobacco-related lawsuits in Japan. Scientists who are associated or affiliated with the foundation have defended the industry's view at the court, like that there's no consensus that secondhand smoke causes cancer. But JT insists that this foundation is an organization characterized as neutrality and independence. And JT has never lost a case in Japan. So um, what is this foundation? This foundation is still active in Japan and funds smoking and health research every year. About uh, 380 million yen for more than 200 projects. And we didn't know much about this foundation before this paper. We knew that JT contributed and has been contributing a significant amount of money to the foundation. But other than the financial tie, we knew little about this institution. So our questions were, how and why did JT establish this foundation in the mid-1980s? And to what extent this foundation has influenced science and health policy in Japan? It just amazes me that the court has been um, 
swayed by JT's arguments that there is no consensus around secondhand smoke causing cancer. That's just so out of step with the rest of the world. Anyway, it, it shows just how important this foundation is to the company. So how did you go about researching this? What, what did you do? We analyzed mainly documents in the Truth Tobacco Industry Documents Archive and also used litigation documents and published materials. Internal documents of the tobacco industry have been deposited as a result of uh, the MSA, Master Settlement Agreement, and anybody can access the website and do keyword search through this enormous collection of uh, internal documents. And that's how we found most of the documents used in this paper. So the documents we used here were used to be in cabinets of Philip Morris, Reynolds, British American Tobacco, and so on. Since internal documents held by JT have never been released, looking for documents involving JT um, in this American website is the only way to access internal information of JT. So what we are looking at is really a tip of iceberg. So what did you find out about this foundation? What's behind it? What is the extent of their involvement? Contrary to JT's claims, the foundation was never meant to be an independent research funding body. And the establishment of this foundation was not just a story limited to Japan, but was part of a global effort to defend the tobacco industry. Let me give a quick background of the time. The mid-1980s was a turning point for Japan's tobacco industry. A JT was privatized from the state's monopoly and uh, the tobacco market was liberalized and open to foreign companies. So this newly privatized company, Japan Tobacco, had to adapt to this new environment. That was competitive, but also required collaboration among international companies entering the Japanese market. And Philip Morris particularly wanted JT to follow their strategy in resisting tobacco control and denying smoking harms. And secondhand smoke had been a big problem for the industry since Hirayama's study, which showed harms of passive smoking in 1981. So internal documents we discovered uh, show that JT collaborated with foreign manufacturers, especially Philip Morris, in establishing the foundation. And we found um, after many meetings, JT and Philip Morris agreed that Philip Morris would support the new foundation and in exchange the president of Philip Morris International would join the board of trustee of this foundation. But the published literature of this foundation doesn't mention Philip Morris, so um, we don't know what happened after that agreement. So it wasn't even just that JT was involved, that they had you know, pressure from other cigarette manufacturers to sort of collude and toe the industry line that they were positioning globally. 
the collaboration like this occurred because foreign companies expected this foundation to assist in undermining effective tobacco control inside and outside Japan. And actually, we think that the establishment of this foundation was the timing that the denialist campaign of global cigarette makers was transmitted to Asia. The American industry started the campaign to deny harms of smoking in 1953, and this was extended to Canada and then to Europe in 1977. And it entered Asia with this foundation in Japan in 1986. And、uh, the effects of that can still be felt today with the courts siding with the industry that secondhand smoke isn't harmful. I mean, they were incredibly successful with getting that message through. Yes, absolutely. The establishment of the foundation was embedded in the global effort and was never meant to be independent. But the industry people recognized the importance of having an independent organization to convey the industry's message, because otherwise the public wouldn't trust it. So, the establishment of this foundation was to highlight the independence. Or the appearance of the independence from control by the tobacco industry. Our paper title has a quoted phrase、um, industry must be inconspicuous. And this was what a JT representative said at an international industry meeting in emphasizing the importance of having a third party to deliver the industry's message. And actually, a JT in the monopoly era. Also, funded external research, giving money to researchers at various universities and research institutes in Japan. And this was managed by their internal section. But in 1986, they created a seemingly third party to fund external research. And that was the Smoking Research Foundation. And the foundation was able to recruit powerful men, authoritative scientists of top institutes, and retired high rank officials of government ministries. The foundation was protected by a network of these powerful people. And what did this foundation do? Well, by distributing funding to many universities and research institutes in Japan, the foundation captured Large portions of the Japanese medical scientific establishment, and it created so called a stable of experts willing to present cigarette friendly science in international conferences, lawsuits, and regulatory hearings. And this has a long lasting influence. For example,、uh, JT influenced. By using the foundation's experts, an official recommendation on tobacco control policy, which was submitted、um, in 1989. And within a committee drafting this report, there was a subcommittee、uh, which was in charge of writing a report on the topic on smoking and health. And more than half of this subcommittee was filled with the foundation members. And so, predictably, the subcommittee came to a conclusion about tobacco harms, which was 
the industry's typical claim, that is, we do not know enough yet, and thus we need more research. And this report not only influenced tobacco policy of the time, but is also giving a favorable position for the industry at a court in the 21st century by serving as evidence of a consensus of the time. So based on this report, in a past lawsuit, a judge concluded that JT was not negligent. And in the U.S., there were also research funding institutions, the Council for Tobacco Research and the Center for Indoor Air Research. Both were established by the tobacco industry. But with the Master Settlement Agreement of 1998, both of them were disbanded. And we think Smoking Research Foundation in Japan and these American institutes were similar in many ways. They both supported basic biomedical research and both were used to question whether cigarettes really cause harm and creating doubts and creating a false controversy. So the, they may have shut down these institutions in the U.S., but as you say, they've continued to thrive um, through the Smoke-Free Research Foundation in Japan. So that industry position has still found a way to um, influence science and corrupt public health policy, essentially. Yes. So what can we do about this? How do we tackle this then? Are there solutions or what's next? Um, it's important to understand the extent of JT's penetration into science and medical communities. JT was privatized, but it's still protected by the Ministry of Finance by law. And this political support is critical for JT's strong influence in tobacco control. But that doesn't explain all. JT could not have influenced tobacco control policy so effectively without allies at the highest levels of the country's medical scientific establishment. Disbanding the Smoking Research Foundation would be a good first start to ending the corruption of science and health policy, but uh, broader questions should be raised about cigarette industry funding for science and scholarship more generally. Hundreds of universities worldwide have announced policies refusing funding from tobacco companies, and it's time for Japan to follow suit. I agree with you completely that we need to have leadership from the academic sector. Uh, we need um, political leadership on this issue as well. And certainly um, the tobacco industry, like it has been recognized in so many other parts of the world, is not a valid stakeholder in public health research. They use it for their own gain and to maximize their profits, not actually to you know, improve public health. I just want to then, in closing, thank you very much for your time today. And it's a really interesting and important paper. And um, we look forward to uh, hopefully more work from you. Thank you very much. <laughs>